Let us not dishonor the sacrifice of Jesus by thinking that somehow our sin is more powerful than his death and his sacrifice and his resurrection. Let us honor the sacrifice of Jesus and celebrate God will never be mad at me. God will never punish me because Jesus has paid the price and his sacrifice was sufficient. Hello friends, welcome. Thanks for listening. In this episode, I'd like us to consider a question. And the question will be articulated very directly, but I think sometimes it manifests itself in our life indirectly. And the question is this, what percentage of our sin did Jesus take? What percentage of God's wrath did Jesus bear? And I think perhaps intellectually we think we know the answer to that. But sometimes practically speaking, uh, in fact, I recently got a text that said, I think God is punishing me. And so I would just like us to start with Isaiah chapter 53 as we contemplate this question. Who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living, for the transgression of my people he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Amazingly, that was written 700 years before Jesus came to the earth. But let's go back to our question now. So what percentage of our sin did Jesus take? What percentage of God's wrath did Jesus bear? And hopefully the answer that we come to is 100%. That God did not put 
you know, 90% or 95% or 50% or 99.9% of our sin onto Jesus. And then he saved a little bit that he could put on us so that when we mess up, he could still punish us. That's not what God did. God put all of our transgression onto Jesus. That's what Isaiah 53 is talking about. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. For the transgression of my people, he was punished. And it's skipping down. Verse 10, the Lord made his life an offering for sin. Then at the end, he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. So Jesus took 100% of our sin, 100% of God's wrath was put onto Jesus. Look down now, same book, Isaiah chapter 54, so the chapter right after what I just read, in verse 9, he says, To me, this is like the days of Noah, when I swore that the waters of Noah would never again cover the earth. So now I have sworn not to be angry with you, never to rebuke you again. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. So because God put 100% of his wrath, 100% of the punishment for sin onto Jesus, he can now promise to never be angry with us, to never bring his wrath towards sin against us to never remove his unfailing love from us because Jesus is the guarantor of the covenant. So he says, my covenant of peace will not be removed. When Jesus came to the earth with his disciples, he says, this is the new covenant made in my blood. In Hebrews chapter 7, verse 22, it says, this makes Jesus the guarantor of a better covenant. A couple of podcasts ago, I mentioned that I I recently had knee surgery, and when I was filling out the forms before my surgery, they wanted to be sure that they got paid. So first things first, you have to to pay, and they want to be sure that you're going to be able to pay them for the surgery. And at the bottom of these financial forms, it asks, who is the guarantor? Who is going to make sure that these bills get paid? So in, in this medical form, they wanted to know the guarantor. But for us, in our relationship with God, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 7 that Jesus is the guarantor. He's the one who keeps the covenant. His blood guarantees our right standing before God. So it's not up to you. It's not up to me. It's not up to our church attendance, how much we pray, how much we read our Bible, how much money we give away, how much we help people, how much we share the gospel with other people. It does not depend on those things to maintain our covenant, our relationship with God. Jesus guarantees it. Why can God promise never to be angry with us? Because he has put all of his anger, all of his frustration, all of his disappointment, all of his wrath towards sin was put onto Jesus. Jesus took all of it, 100%. God is not punishing you for your sin because Jesus took it all. Look with me at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. In verse 19, it says, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. In the King James, it says that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses 
unto them. And so that term that he was not counting their trespasses, or in the King James, he was not imputing their trespasses against them. It's a term that's used in accounting. So if you had a, a, a company with different departments and there were expenses, uh, you would impute those expenses to different parts of the company. So if that this department you know, bought a new copy machine for $500, that $500 is counted against that department. It's counted toward them. So God is not counting he's not imputing our trespasses against us because he imputed it to jesus he counted it against jesus so that we might become righteous so look down in the same chapter in second corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 it says for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of god so god made jesus sin so that we could become righteous. We could be in this everlasting covenant, not guaranteed by us, but guaranteed by Jesus. And so I understand, you know, when when things don't go smoothly in people's lives and people think, oh, God is punishing me. But I want to tell you, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, if you have surrendered your heart to Jesus, if you're a born-again Christian, God will never, ever count your sin against you. Look with me at Romans chapter 4. Paul is quoting David from the Psalms, and he says, Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. Again, in the King James, that says, Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. In the International Version, uh, the New International Version, it says, Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against sin them. And why can we be so confident that God will never count your sin against you? Because Jesus took all of it. Jesus is the propitiation for our sin. And I know that propitiation is kind of a religious churchy word and and we don't really use it outside of church. And so sometimes words that we only use in church uh, don't have a lot of meaning to us. So let me read the Merriam-Webster definition of propitiation. It says, the act of gaining or regaining the favor or goodwill of someone or something. So Jesus is the propitiation. He's the sacrifice. He's the one who regains the favor of God on our behalf. 1 John chapter 2, verse 2 says, He is the propitiation for our sins, and not only ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 10, it says, And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation of for our sins. Romans chapter 3 beginning in verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. Jesus regains the goodwill of God toward the favor of God is captured for us because Jesus bears our sins. God will never punish us for our sins because he assigned it to Jesus. Because the wages of sin is death. God told Adam, if you disobey me, you're going to die. And God's word never fails. It's always true. So the wages of sin is still death. But Jesus intercedes for us. He takes the death. He takes the punishment for us so that we can be counted righteous. 
And so when, when I get messages or I talk to people and they say something like, I think God's mad at me, God's punishing me, my response is, how could God punish you? God already punished Jesus. Are you saying that the punishment God put on Jesus wasn't enough? That Jesus' sacrifice for you wasn't enough? That your sin is somehow more powerful than the life and blood of Jesus? God is not punishing you. God is not mad at you. That's what he's promising in Isaiah chapter 54, that never again will I be wroth with you. Never again will I be mad at you. How can that be possible? Because Jesus has taken 100% of God's wrath. Jesus has borne 100% of our sin. Let us not dishonor the sacrifice of Jesus by thinking that somehow our sin is more powerful than his death and his sacrifice and his resurrection. Let us honor the sacrifice of Jesus and celebrate. God will never be mad at me. God will never punish me because Jesus has paid the price and his sacrifice was sufficient. So I I respond to people. I say, how could God possibly be punishing you? Jesus took it. Yes, you can do stupid stuff and bring pain into your life, or, or someone else can cause pain in your life. There, there are ways that pain comes into our life. The Bible says in, in Proverbs 19, chapter 3, a person's own folly leads to their ruin, yet their heart rages against the Lord. We still reap what we sow. We're not being punished by God. We're not under the curse for our disobedience because Jesus became a curse for us. But there are still consequences to our action. It doesn't mean God's punishing us. It, it means that either we made a bad decision and we're bearing the consequences or, or we live in a broken world where the effects of sin are still manifested around us and we're affected by the brokenness of the world that we live in. But let me reassure you of one thing. God is not punishing you. I love the last verse of Psalm chapter 2, and I love how this was portrayed in the uh, television series, The Chosen. But it says, kiss his son or he will be angry and your way will lead to your destruction for his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. And so I love this idea of taking refuge in Jesus, that there's this wrath of God that's like a jet engine blasting out the fullness of the righteousness of God against sin, against wickedness, and and it's just like fire, like out of a jet engine, and we're just like little hot dogs on a stick, just about to be roasted, you know, but we come and we take refuge in Jesus, and we're safe in this place that Jesus has borne that wrath, that, that that fire and that anger and that rage against sin that God has because he's so good and he hates how sin brings death and he is the source of all life and so he brings his his wrath against sin and yet Jesus intercedes for us and Jesus bears it Psalm 16:1 says keep me safe my God for in you I take refuge and so do we take refuge in Jesus from the wrath of God against sin look with me at Romans chapter 1 beginning in verse 17 it says for in the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the ungodliness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. So in the gospel, we see the love and the righteousness of God, and we also see the wrath of God against sin, that God put 
all of his wrath onto Jesus. But praise the Lord, we are saved from that wrath. Look over in the same book in Romans chapter 5, verse 9. It says, since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? Praise the Lord, we are safe from the wrath of God when we come into Christ, when we put our faith in Christ. There is one place in the universe to be safe from God's wrath, and it is in Jesus Christ. That is the only place where we can be safe from God's wrath. Being good can't keep you safe. Being a nice person, being polite, not not cheating, not stealing, not lying, that will not keep you safe from God's wrath, for we are all under the wrath of God. The only place in the universe to be safe from God's wrath is to put your faith in Jesus. And the Bible says that God places us into Christ, that we are united with Christ, that our life becomes joined with the life of Jesus. We get a new spirit, a born-again spirit, and we are eternally rescued, eternally joined to Jesus, and we are safe from the wrath of God. Look with me at John chapter 3, verse 36. It says, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. As descendants of Adam, we come into this world under the wrath of God. We come into this world in broken bodies, corrupted by sin. But Jesus stands between us and the wrath of God and takes it all for us. And when we put our faith in him, when we trust in him, we are joined to his eternal life. He says, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. There is one place to be safe from God's wrath, and it is in Jesus Christ. And there may be people who say, man, I don't, I don't believe in that. That's, that's not true. And all we can do is warn people. Like it says at the end of Colossians, we warn everyone that the place to be rescued, the place to be joined to God, the place to find eternal life is in Jesus. But for those who reject him, listen to what Hebrews 10, 29 says. It says, how much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified them and who has insulted the Spirit of grace. When we reject Jesus, the Bible says that we trample him underfoot. It says that we we profane the blood of the covenant. We treat it as common. We treat it as just ordinary. That was when people say, oh, Jesus wasn't God's son. He was just an ordinary man. He was just a, a, a Jewish rabbi. He was trying to lead a rebellion against Rome. The Bible says that they treat as common the blood of the covenant that sanctified him. It says in the ESV, it says they profane the blood of the covenant by which they were sanctified that they outraged the spirit of grace, that here is God putting the punishment for our sin on his very own son. And people say, no, I don't believe that. He's a liar. That's not true. And the Bible says they outrage the spirit of grace. But that is not the case for you, believer in Christ. That is not the case for you, my brother and my sister in Christ, because Jesus has protected us. Jesus has rescued us. We have been joined to Jesus, and we are safe from the wrath of God. We are safe from the punishment that we deserve. We are safe from the displeasure and the anger of God toward us. 
So consider carefully, if Jesus took all of my sin, if Jesus took 100% of God's wrath, all of God's frustration, then there's none left over. You are free. You are forgiven. You are blameless. You are above reproach. If, if someone's above reproach, it means no one can bring an accusation against that person that they have been justified. And that's what the Bible says about us. The Bible says that God has justified us and so no one can bring an accusation against us because it's God who has declared us to be righteous. Enjoy God's great gift to you. God bless you. Thanks for listening.
You are so beautiful 